This podcast contains adult themes and is not intended for children. Listener discretion is advised. If you enjoy this content, please consider following us on Instagram and Twitter at Tales Driftwood. Driftwood, where story is everything. As always, I am your host, Eric, and today I'll be bringing you the sixth chapter of Hyde. Before we get started, let me give you a brief recap of what went down last week. We saw what the last 15 years had carved Julian and Wade into. Julian being a focused young man, bent on returning to Hyde and avenging his family, and Wade being a rough-around-the-edges tough guy, but incredibly loyal to Julian. We also met Max Laney, and saw the tension between he and Wade, as Max was incredibly rude to both Wade and Julian, and Wade seemed very hung up on Max's outer appearance. While at Max's trailer, Max gave Julian information about Hyde, how it was now surrounded by a wall, how Jeffrey Benedict was now the mayor, and how someone had caught him while he was digging and wanted to meet him at a bar. When we left off, Julian and Wade were headed to a different bar to meet up with some men who might potentially be interested in helping them return to Hyde. So with all that being said, I give you Hyde Chapter 6, Hell House. On the way to Hell House, Julian filled in Wade on all the details that Max had given him at the trailer. He thought that his friend might have some objection after finding out about the bandits outside of Hyde or the large military force on the inside. Wade didn't seem phased by this, though. The only questions he asked were how much Julian was going to pay the guys that they were meeting, and what he wanted them to do. Julian told him he was still sorting out the details himself, and then retreated into his own head. For years, he had viewed his friend's blind loyalty to him as an asset. Anytime Julian needed something done, Wade had been right there, by his side every step of the way. He had never felt that he had taken advantage of Wade at any point. They had always needed each other in different ways. Julian was a natural leader and needed someone he could trust by his side. Wade had been abandoned multiple times in his young life and needed a stabilizing force and someone he could look up to. Ironically enough, Wade was actually a year older than Julian, but that had never mattered to either boy. Julian was in charge of coming up with plans, and Wade would follow any command that he gave him. Julian bit his lip, deep in thought. 
There had been danger in a lot of the schemes that he had gotten Wade mixed up in before, but nothing he wasn't confident that Wade could handle. This time was different though. As of right now, it was only the two of them trying to get into Hyde. Four if they convinced the guys that they were going to see now. He thought about all the men with weapons, outside and inside of his home, and then looked at his friend as they pulled into the parking lot of the bar. As they parked, Wade shut off the car and glanced over at him. What's on your mind, Jules? I was talking to myself out loud for a good five minutes before I realized you weren't listening anymore. So what's up? Julian looked tentatively at his best friend. Wade, you know you don't have to... Wade held up his hand, stopping him. Look, I already know what you're going to say. I knew it as soon as you told me everything Max told you. I'm still in. I'm all in. You're the only family I've ever had, and I'll be damned if I'm going to let you try to do this by yourself. I'm not going to try to talk you out of doing this either, because it's all you've talked about since that day I met you. So let's stop having any doubts about this and just get going, alright? Julian smiled and nodded. Alright, pal. Let's take a step into hell. The two young men exited the car and made their way towards the squalid-looking bar. Even before they could reach the door, they knew they stuck out from the rest of the crowd. A man with one eye and a filthy overcoat glared at them as they approached. Another man standing next to him was laughing maniacally under his breath while obsessively rubbing his bald head, which seemed to be covered in scabs. Julian violently elbowed Wade, who was staring at both these men with his jaw hanging open. Wade turned back towards him, frowning. What? Julian frowned back at him. We've seen guys like that before. Stop staring before we attract more attention than we already have. Wade stared at Julian. Seen guys like that before? You're out of your mind. You only read about guys like that. You never actually see them. Julian reached the door first and pushed it open, wincing as he did. Well, if you thought that was bad, it's about to get worse. The odor of the place was fetid with the smell of spilled beer, rotten food, and the general unsanitary habits of the bar's patrons. Even though it was only the middle of the afternoon, the bar itself was extremely dark, with only a few key places illuminated with what looked like oil lanterns. As they entered, the boys felt eyes taking them in from every angle. Julian glanced to his left at the bar itself. There were three people sitting on the bar stools one with long gray hair that went down to his lower back. He was wearing dark sunglasses, which only puzzled Julian. Next to him, slumped over, was what looked like a woman. Her face was flush with the bar, and the only thing that assured Julian that she wasn't dead was the loud snoring coming from her as he passed. Lastly was an oily-looking fellow, his hair slicked back, and a thin mustache positioned over his upper lip. He sneered as Julian nodded and looked past him at the bartender. Bartender was an older looking man, heavy set, but tough looking. He nodded at Julian and went back to his business behind the bar. Wade, meanwhile, was looking towards the right side at the tables. There were two groups of three people at different tables. One group seemed to be playing a game of dominoes, smoke billowing from all three as they smoked cigars, the other a game of cards. Wade would have looked away with no interest, except he noticed that one of the chairs was pushed away from the card table. He looked around and noticed the boot on the ground near the table. His eyes scanned the floor and saw the owner of the boot laying on the floor, a knife protruding from his throat. Wade snapped his head straight ahead and whispered, Shit, 
under his breath. Julian chuckled next to him. Wade shot him a look. What's so funny? Julian nodded ahead of them. You saw the banjo player too? Wade followed his gaze and saw an old Asian man wearing a straw hat picking at a banjo and wailing some unintelligible words to himself. He shook his head. I saw the corpse over by the card players. Julian glanced over and shuddered. Wade, where are these guys anyway? We've been here for less than five minutes and I already feel like I have an incurable disease. Wade quickly scanned the bar and his eyes settled on two men in the far corner of the bar playing darts. One was sitting down, leaning comfortably back in his chair. The other was wearing a black cowboy hat and was taking a shot at the board. He gestured to the pair. Those would be our guys. Julian nodded and they both approached. As they drew near to the two men, the one who had been sitting stood up quickly, went over to a bar hanging from the ceiling, jumped up, and began doing pull-ups. The man was about Wade and Julian's age, and was in the best shape of anyone either of them had ever met. Piercing green eyes stared up at the ceiling as he continued his exercise. His short cropped brown hair touched the ceiling every time he went up, but he didn't make a sound as he continued. The pair looked at each other with confused expressions. Wade stepped up first. Hey guys, the one in the cowboy hat answered without even looking at them. Board's taken, Boyle. Mind yourself with the mess on the floor there, he said in a thick Irish accent. Wade and Julian both looked down at the same time and jumped back as they saw a fresh puddle of blood on the floor inches from where they stood. They looked up and saw the Irishman grinning at them while tipping his cowboy hat upwards. He was about the same height as his friend, but the bulk of the man's stomach protruded proudly against his shirt, proclaiming that he didn't need to work out to be dangerous. Although not in the same shape as his companion, you could tell from looking at him that he was as strong as an ox. Several scars adorned his forearms and a rough looking beard covered most of his face, but somehow his blue eyes conveyed a peace and kindness that completely contradicted the rest of his look. Bloody Header tried to make time with me mate's lady. Didn't end well for the lad. Julian stared at him in confusion. But what? The Irishman sighed. The vixen, over by the bar there. The bloody wanker tried to put the moves on her, and me mate here put him away. The other man jumped down from the pull-up bar and winked at the Irishman. What can I say? I love her. The Irishman laughed a deep, full laugh. Ha 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 ha. Aye, you love her. I suppose you'll be having babbies with the lass before you know it. At this, both of the men laughed and bumped their knuckles together. Julian looked at the two in disbelief. You... you killed him? The Irishman rolled his eyes. Heavens no. The boy was just a bad egg waiting to be cracked. The other man chuckled. Yeah, and he made quite an omelette all over the floor. The duo laughed and bumped knuckles again at this. Wade and Julian exchanged worried glances as the two continued to laugh. The Irishman stopped laughing and considered the two boys. Well, what are you two doddering around here for? Are you thick? I already told you, board's taken. Wade shook his head. We're not here to play darts. We're here for business. I exchanged letters with a mutual friend. I was told to meet a Dorian and a Liam here. The Irishman narrowed his eyes at the pair and examined them head to foot while stroking his beard thoughtfully. After several pensive seconds, he pointed to the other man who had sat back in his chair. Aye. Well, if it's business you're wanting, 
You'll be taking it up with the man there. Name's O'Leary. Liam O'Leary. The businessman's name is Dorian Donnelly. Liam scowled at this. The boy carries on with a proud Irish name and doesn't have a drop of the blood in him. Damn shame if you ask me. Julian smiled. Irish, huh? From the looks of you when we first came in, it looked as though you were from the plains. Liam shot him a grin. Aye, the hat. I wanted to be a cowboy ever since I was a wee lad, and me ma read me stories about the old times. He looked away wistfully. Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, Frank and Jesse James, Billy the Kid. He let his words trail off and looked up at the ceiling before looking back to Julian and smiling. Those boys were legends, but you didn't come here to listen to me blather on about me heroes. You came to get me and Dorian there to do brutal things for ye, because otherwise ye'd probably muddle it up arseways. So quit doddering around and fire away. He turned his back to them and went back to his dark game, and Dorian motioned to several free chairs. Before sitting, Julian stuck out his hand. Julian McCoy. My friend here is Wade Keenan. Dorian shook his hand and squeezed it with a sly smile on his face. Last names, huh? Not a lot of people in my line of work give out their last names. Wade frowned at this. You and your partner just gave out your last names. Dorian chuckled. I mean, of course. I mean, a lot of guys go for the whole mysterious thing, but we prefer to keep our business running through word of mouth. If you do a good job, People will most likely recommend you to their friends. And if they don't like the job you do, well, there is nothing me and Liam can't handle. Now take a seat. You're making El Cabong over there nervous. He motioned over to the Asian banjo player, who had stopped playing and was now considering them like a curious puppy. They obliged him by sitting, and he leaned forward with interest in his eyes. I guess you two must be pretty desperate for help since you chanced coming to this scum hole. I like desperate people. They pay more. Wade set his jaw. You like desperate people? So you like taking advantage of people, do you? Dorian laughed and eyed Wade. <laughs> Fact is, you two are in a tight spot, and you need me and Liam to get you out of it. Isn't that right? Julian shook his head. That's not exactly the situation here. Dorian raised his eyebrow questioningly. Oh? Well, that seems odd to me. Crowley usually only contacts us for the saddest and most desperate clients. He frowned at this, which is why we have to hang out in places like this. There isn't much profit to be had when you're dealing with the lowest of the low. Isn't that right, Liam? Liam shrugged his shoulders without looking back at the group. Rich, poor. I can take what I want from anyone, so what's the difference? Dorian nodded in agreement and then looked back at Julian. Point is, we don't run a charity here. So unless you're going to pay us some good money, and half of it is up front, you could take your business elsewhere. Julian nodded and went to reach into his pocket for an envelope of money he had taken out of Lloyd's car. Dorian held up his hand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Me and Liam here are honest men, so we expect you to be honest with us as well. We need to know what the job is before you pay us, and we agreed to do it. You've already said that you don't need us to get you out of any tight spots. So what exactly did you have in mind? Julian leaned forward. We need you two to create a diversion for us. Dorian looked confused. Diversion for what? Julian explained patiently. We need to get into a place where we're not supposed to be. Dorian smiled coyly. And why would you want to be someplace where you're not supposed to be? Wayne leaned forward and hissed at him. 
Stop playing games, Donnelly. Do you want the job or don't you? Dorian leaned back in his chair, chuckling softly to himself. Donnelly! Why, I've only known you for about ten minutes now, and you're already using my last name when you yell at me. He stopped chuckling and shot daggers with his eyes at Wade. You want to stop playing games? Fine by me. Why don't you tell me what you're trying to get into, and what exactly me and my friend here have to do? And you can keep your reasons to yourself. Wade opened his mouth, ready to let loose an angry barrage, when Julian calmly held up his hand and backed off. Julian leaned forward. We need to get into Hyde. Dorian looked at Julian suspiciously. Hyde? People don't get into Hyde. Haven't you heard the rumors? Julian nodded. We have. We're still going to give it a try. Dorian leaned back in his chair, shaking his head. Well, you'll be giving it a go without me and Liam here. That's a bit too high above our pay grade. Wade leaned forward. We'll pay you whatever you want. Julian looked at Wade with a tight smile, and Wade nervously shrugged his shoulders. Dorian shook his head again. It ain't about pay. It's about life and death. If even half of the stories I've heard about how tight that town is locked down are true, I don't want to go anywhere near that place. Liam walked over and plopped down in the chair next to Dorian. Why not, lad? Sounds like it might be a grand old time. Dorian looked at him, frowning. Liam, I'm the one that looks into other towns. The things I've heard about this place, we would be in way over our head. Liam laughed. <laughs> over our head, you say? Sounds like a lot of blarney to me. He looked. He nodded at Julian. What would you have us do, oh captain, my captain? Julian grinned. We would have to go over the details later, but the rough idea is that there are two entrances to hide. You and Dorian would be at one, creating a diversion in whatever way you see fit, while me and Wade sneak in the other entrance. We'll pay you half now, and half once we arrive on the outskirts of Hyde. You don't even have to go inside with us. Dorian leaned forward. How much would you be paying us? Julian met his icy stare with his own cold stare. 10,000 Eastlands. The number took Liam and Dorian completely by surprise, and the two exchanged shocked looks. Liam was the first to speak. 10,000? Boy, oh, you must be touched in the head to even think of saying a number that big in a place like this. You've got yourself a distraction, you poor silly sap. Dorian held up his hand. Not so fast. I still don't like it. The money is good, but the risk is too high. Julian stood up suddenly, taking everyone by surprise. Look, the fact of the matter is, I'm getting into that down one way or another. If I have to pay two men or twenty men to help me, I'll do it. The decision is yours, but I want you to know, once I leave here, my offer goes with me. He turned to leave with Wade right on his heels when Dorian said, Wait. They both turned, and Dorian stood up and walked over to Julian. They stood eye-level, never breaking eye contact, until Dorian smiled and stuck out his hand. You got a deal, buddy. I'm not going to ruin me and Liam's reputation by turning down a job 20 men could do. Julian considered his hand for a moment before smiling and shaking it. Glad to hear it. Here's the first half of your payment. When he withdrew his hand, there was an envelope in Dorian's. Liam snatched the envelope, pulled it open, and whistled lowly. Bloody hell, brother! With money like this, you just bought yourself something extra than the job requires. 
Julian looked at him curiously, and Liam smiled. You just bought yourself an audition. With that, he snatched one of the darts off the table and set it flying toward the card player's table. Julian and Wade looked on in horror as the dart shot through the air and launched itself in the biggest card player's right shoulder. As the man howled in pain, his two friends turned and glared at the four men standing by the dartboard. They slowly got up, one brandishing a hunting knife, the other a pistol. Then, all hell broke loose in Hell House. The man with the pistol, a black man in what looked like his early 40s, quickly brought his gun up and aimed it at Liam. In a blur of motion, Liam's right hand shot to his side and there was a loud bang. Julian stared, astonished, as the man's shoulder was ripped backward and the man crumpled to the floor in a scream of agony. He glanced at Liam in shock and saw a long-barreled revolver in his right hand. Liam saw him looking and shot him a wink. Colt! They call this one the Diamondback. As close to being a cowboy as I can get. Julian opened his mouth to reply, but before he could, the man holding the knife let out a blood-curdling scream and charged the group. As he got close, he jumped up on a chair and hurled himself through the air at Liam. Liam slowly turned his body, aiming his trusty colt as he did. Before he could pull the trigger, however, Dorian had grabbed a nearby stool and sent it crashing down on the airborne man's skull, neatly knocking him unconscious in midair. Dorian turned to Liam and sighed. I told you, no killing. Not in Belleville, at least. Liam shrugged and was about to say something when an object was smashed over his head. He turned and looked at amazement at the banjo player who had just deposited his only earthly possession on top of Liam's head. The banjo player was giggling incessantly and pointing behind the group when Julian felt a thud as something solid smacked into him and launched him towards the wall. He hit the wall with a crash and heard a similar crash next to him. He looked up and saw Dorian slowly getting to his feet. He turned to look where he had just been standing and now realized just how big the man that Liam had hit with the dart was. When he had hit the wall, Julian had inadvertently dislodged one of the oil lanterns. It had fallen and broken on the ground, and flames now surrounded him. Through the flames, Julian could make out a mountain of a man holding up Liam with both of his hands grasped firmly around the Irishman's neck. Amazingly, Liam was still managing to laugh hysterically in the man's face while being choked to death. Julian sensed the sudden rush of movement next to him, and then saw Dorian going hurtling over the flames to the two struggling men. He quickly jumped up in the air and clapped his hands over the giant's ears. The man, howling in pain, dropped Liam who made a less than graceful landing on his rump. The giant turned to Dorian and made an attempt to grab him, but before he could, Dorian brought one of his feet down on the man's left knee. The knee twisted the wrong way and the giant went down in a heap. He angrily looked up at Dorian and roared with fury as he reached with one arm to try to grab the young man, but Dorian was too quick. He dodged nimbly to one side, flattened his hand, and sent the base of his palm across the man's jaw. The man's head twisted and his eyes rolled back in his sockets as he lost consciousness and went down in a heap on the floor. All the time Julian had been admiring Dorian's handiwork, the flames had been making it right closer and closer to him. And now that the show seemed to be over, he looked around and realized his peril. Before he knew what was happening, a strong set of arms had stood him up and he was standing in front of Wade. Wade motioned to the front door. 
I think it's time for us to boogie our way out of here, don't you? Julian nodded and they hurtled the flames to stand next to Liam and Dorian. Dorian was helping Liam, who was still laughing to his feet. You stupid Irish fool. Every time you want to show off, you get us into trouble. He emotioned to the front entrance. Show's not over, laddie. I think the bloody wankers want some more. The boys turned and saw that every occupant of the bar was looking at them with murder in their eyes. The bartender stepped out from behind the bar and motioned the group with a baseball bat. Tear them apart. Whoever brings me the Irish one's hat drinks free the rest of the week. Liam frowned. That hardly seems like a fair trade. In a flash, the group of three who had formerly been playing dominoes were on them. Wade getting punched in the mouth, Dorian getting a knee to his stomach, and Julian being driven to the ground by the fattest of the bunch. As the man pressed Julian's face to the foul-smelling floor, his face came closer to Julian's, and the stench of his hot breath seemed to miraculously be worse than the floor's. Julian struggled against the man's weight as the man didn't really seem to have a plan other than to lay on top of Julian until he suffocated. Then Julian saw it. The body of the dead card player next to him, eyes still open, gazing at the ceiling above, knife still protruding from his neck. With great effort, Julian reached over and grasped the handle of the knife, trying to free it from the corpse. He fought back a gag reflex as the knife stuck, simply pulling the dead man's neck forward with every yank. Julian's bulbous attacker finally noticed what he was trying to do, and with great effort, got to his feet. He kept one foot down on Julian to keep him planted and raised his other leg to bring down on Julian's arm. At that moment, the knife came free in Julian's hand, and he quickly buried it in the obese man's leg that had him trapped on the ground. The man roared in pain and dropped to one knee. Julian was up on his feet in a flash and pointed the knife directly at the man's neck. The man looked into his eyes with pure fear and he hesitated for just a moment. He then deftly turned the knife over in his hand and hit the man as hard as he could in the temple with the handle of the knife. The man crumpled and Julian looked up to see how everyone else was faring. The domino crew had seemingly been taken care of, with the one that had punched Wade in the face on a pile on the floor, and the other one currently in a sleeper hold courtesy of Dorian. Julian whirled to see Liam in the process of fighting the one-eyed man, the scab head, and the bartender. Lieb had turned his gun around and sent the butt of the gun into the one-eyed man's nose, breaking it on the spot. The man let out a scream of agony and ran out of the front door. A well-placed kick from the scab head brought Liam to his knees, and the bartender quickly raised his bat to bring it down on Liam's head. Before he could, Liam grabbed the scab head's shirt and pulled him in the way of the blow. The bat connected with the back of the man's head and sprayed blood all over Liam's face. The bartender looked at the dead man in horror, and then at Liam in rage. He was my brother, you whore son! I'll kill you dead, you son of a bitch! He raised the bat again when Dorian shouted out, Hey asshole! The bartender turned towards him just in time to see one of his oil lanterns come hurtling through the air towards him. He deftly swatted at it and sent it flying behind him. Unfortunately, the lantern crashed into the wall of liquor he had stored behind the bar, and the whole collection ignited almost instantly. The bartender turned to watch in horror as his bar went up in flames. Liam took this opening to stand up and hit him over the back of the head with the butt of his gun, then motioned to the other three to run towards the door. 
The previous three customers, who had been slumped at the bar earlier, had already taken off once the fight had started. And now we're standing outside as the four boys burst from the building. Liam cocked his gun and pointed it at the trio. The drunken woman, who looked like she could barely stand, somehow managed to get her hands in the air, as did the oily-looking man who had been sitting next to her. The older man with the dark glasses did nothing except cling to the greasy man next to him, and then Julian understood. Blind. Liam motioned with his gun. Are we going to have a problem here, boyo? The greasy man shook his head so hard Julian was afraid it might come off. Liam nodded. Well then get the hell out of here, Yejit, and tell all your pals that this watering hole's closed permanently. The man stammered. Yeah. Sure, and took off, leading the old man and the woman with both hands. The four young men stood away from the bar, watching as it burned to the ground. As the flames rose, Dorian turned to Wade and Julian. Well, was that a good enough audition for you? Julian silently nodded as the flames illuminated his face. He knew that he needed to find men who weren't scared of getting their hands dirty, and it looked like he had found the right ones. Liam stepped in front of him, still grinning. Well, boss, where to now? Julian thoughtfully curled his lower lip over his upper lip and turned towards Wade's car. Well, since I seem to have your services all to myself now, I think it would be best if you came with me and Wade to meet our inside contact. Dorian looked at Julian skeptically. Inside contact? Someone you know? Julian smiled mysteriously. Actually... I don't even know if I've ever met the person. Well, that was a pretty rowdy chapter. Thank you so much for joining me for Chapter 6 of Hyde. Next week, we will be going to a different bar to see who this contact inside of Hyde is. So until we meet again, make your story a good story, and maybe someday... I'll be telling your story. Be safe out there, everyone. Goodbye.